It's been a few weeks, hasn't it? It has been. <laughs> Why? It's your fault. It really is. Um, I had a root canal, and then that sounds fun. Yes, and I was sedated because if you know me and the dentist, I have to have my <laughs> hand held. It's fine. We all have our thing. She was so high. I was really out of it. <laughs> You were really high. Really, really high. Right. Um, so I was pretty sedated, and I got home, and because it was a root canal, obviously there was, for me at least, I think, isn't there an infection with everyone that gets a root canal? Isn't that usually what happens? Anyway. Yeah, you had an abscess. Bad. Like, bad. Mm-hmm. And this, it was like I a mean, balloon. this tooth has been gross. giving me, yeah, issues for <laughs> probably at least over a year. Well over a year. Um, but the abscess happened just like three weeks ago, a week prior to my root canal. So we get home and I um, was obedient and I took my antibiotic. I don't remember taking it. <laughs> but my son told, I'm like, are you sure I took it? And he said, mom, I watched you take it. Anyway, I took it and I went right back to sleep. I should have been more vigilant. Yeah, this is actually your fault. (laughs) I was trying to work at the same time. Yes. So what happened was I woke up from my nap and my whole chest was on fire. Up and down my esophagus. It was awful. Um, I felt like I had like eaten flames. And we realized quickly that I'd probably gotten a pill lodged. I don't know. When I've taken ibuprofen before, I can feel exactly where it's sitting in my stomach if I don't eat enough with it. So it had burned me. Well, I went to work the next day and I um, I was in a lot of pain. I couldn't hardly talk. I could hardly eat or drink. I could. It hurt to breathe. And I went home early. And by 7.30 that night, I... Was in tears, telling Ryan, "I'm going to the hospital okay, right you guys, now." I just have to give you some context for this. So, even in the midst of childbirth, when the nurses would ask, "Okay, what's your scale on a one? You know, what what's your pain on a scale of one to ten? She would say, "Oh, it's like a six or a seven. And well, the I always lady, get the epidurals. No, that was before the epidurals. But then, <clears throat> I don't know, because then literally you were in there and they said, what's your pain scale? And she didn't even hesitate. She was like, Ted. Off the chart. I was like, oh, wow. I've never seen her well, and when I walked say in, ten. we just went to urgent care and they immediately called emergency room. Like they, they wouldn't let me be seen at urgent care because I was, I felt like I was gasping for air. They gave you an EKG because they thought you were having a heart attack. Yeah. Like... <laughs> I have never felt pain like that in my life. Yeah, it was pretty scary. Um. Anyway, they didn't. They did an X-ray. Nothing was lodged there, but they. Um. I basically burned an ulcer into my esophagus lining, so I imagine like a dimple, <laughs> this big pit. It didn't go all the way through, so that's good. He said there was no air that, and you know, that's what they were looking for was a hole that actually went clear through. So. She gets really some... mad at me when I eat chips. Yeah, I've 
When was that? <laughs> it's been eat. it's been a week since my root canal today. Yep. So all hell broke loose last week, <clears throat> literally a week ago, and I ate my first meal tonight, and I actually kind of regret it. I had a cinnamon roll. I ate it very slowly. You told me you loved your broth diet. And oh, I yeah, I loved it. Watching everybody else crunch on things. Uh, I felt so... Okay, so... And I had some chili tonight, but I can tell you right now that my chest hurts a little bit. Um, yeah. So I probably I probably pushed it a little. But yeah, I've dropped like eight pounds <laughs> in a week. Cause I've, and I'm too scared to eat really um, like chips or crackers I or spicy, spicy. Any I, abrasive, anything they told you not to. Yep. For at least probably a week. Therefore... This five-minute explanation is telling you why we didn't record last week. It was mm-hmm. Sunday, Monday. I don't know what happened. Life happened. We didn't record. And then Brandy's living hell happened. And then We were this... planning on actually recording like Monday or something like that. Yeah, and I don't even Tuesday. remember what happened. But then <laughs> this Sunday we high. ended up... You were high as a kite. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't mind that at all. Yeah. So, and now we're sitting Tuesday this week because we've been really busy. We were at Thrive all day Sunday. Thrive, Thrive. Which we're excited to talk about. Oh man, Thrive Day. So, we're happy to be back. I really, yeah. I kept saying, Ryan, I, we've got to record. I miss that. We, I, I really enjoy this time. Yeah. So. I don't know if anybody's even missed it, to be honest. <laughs> oh, I keep clicking my pen. <laughs> so, Sunday, for those of you that don't know... Um, Thrive Day is a conference for ex-Mormons. It's like jokingly, they kept, it's like they the ex-Mormon like, general, kind of conference. general conference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's put on by the. I mean, I don't want to say the Mormon Stories podcast, but it's like John DeLynn and Natasha Alfred Parker and a couple other bigger names, names are the ones that they have, have kind a committee. of yeah. started this. They have a committee that they've done, but. It's the second one they've had. They had one in June, and then this was the second one that they've done. And there were 1,700 people in that auditorium, which was crazy to me. 1,700 people, and most of them were comprised of post-Mormons. Mm-hmm. There were some uh, still active people that were there. There weren't very Not many. Very many. No, I think there was... It was mostly post-Mormon, <clears throat> ex-Mormon, like completely out, um, and several handfuls of uh, supporting spouses mm-hmm. there were that were orthodox, quite a few mixed faith. Or, um, not orthodox, were um, progressive, nuanced, um, and then there, there were not very many that were there that were completely orthodox. Mm-hmm. Like probably one hand, don't you think? Maybe probably. ten. Maybe ten. Uh, maybe on, ten on might the be end. stretching it. Yeah. So it was, and all um, ages. Like, I mean, the spectrum of age was young, 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 like teenagers, clear up to. Were there teenagers there? Yeah. Are you but, sure? Yeah, there was a few, hmm. like eighteen, the older. <clears throat> okay. Um, but up to seventies, there was a couple. There was, yeah, yeah, yeah. There were a few. Um, Older people there that were, was awesome to see, but yeah. So what it was is essentially they had a plethora of, um, speakers from so many all people. different, uh, walks, all different stories, all different backgrounds and histories. Um, 
yeah, it was amazing. Um, Natasha Helfer Parker, she is a certified sex therapist. She's also a, uh, like a, she, I, I guess I still think she considers herself an, uh, an active Mormon, but she's kind of like a unique corner, kind of sort of situation. Um, John Dillon was there. Um, for those of you who know him, um, he's, he does the Mormon stories podcast and the gift of the Mormon faith crisis. Um, and then what's his name? Um, he didn't talk, but he was there at the CES letter. Oh, Jeremy Reynolds was there who wrote the CES letter. He was there. Um, there were so many, there were so many people. people. Wayne Sermon was like the kind of the keynote speaker. Um, Wayne Sermon is the lead guitarist from Imagine Dragons, um, who grew up recently left the church, grew up. Yeah. Grew up in the church, like really most of the, of the band. And then, um, you know, went through a faith crisis and he just recorded a podcast with his, um, with his wife, with his wife on, on Mormon stories. Mm-hmm. And it was so it's excellent. a great podcast to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, super amazing episode. It's, it's a really long one, but it's really, it's just all of it is so good. Um, but yeah, the, the, the thrive day was awesome. Um, the messages that were given were, all of them were upbeat. There were none that were like really down. Um, there were a few people. So we're also part of this marriage on a tightrope, um, group on Facebook, um, with, um, some of our friends, Alan and Katie Mount that, um, that have done it. The founders, the founders. Of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 But, um, yeah, so we, we had a chance to meet up with, um, kind of our tightrope group and it was mm-hmm. really cool to, to see some of the people again. Um, we went to lunch with a big group of us, um, to spits, which was, which was, Bleh, which was awesome. It was really fun watching everyone eat. Oh, I felt so bad because really Spitz was. just Spitz happens to be like your favorite. Hello, falafel. <laughs> she loves the falafel. So I walked around and got got a uh, a smoothie. A smoothie. It a felt good, so bad. High protein. <laughs> yeah. Good. A good fat content. Yeah. Smoothie. But, but. Um, yeah, but it was fun to hang out with them. Um, I guess some of the talks that were given, um, a few of them were kind of a little a little hard to hear for some of the, some of the very active people. Um, cause you know, I mean, obviously there's a, a broad range of emotions that people go through. Well, and some um, of the stuff that is talked about, um, Wayne probably being the roughest for, for most ABMs, I think. I think uh, he was. If I say the, ABM or PM, let's just clarify that PM is post Mormon. Yep. ABM or TBM is true believing all believing Mormons. Um, Yeah. But some of the topics that were talked about are, are some of the, they go into, he went into a little bit of the truth claims, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's rough because you grow up. I I was sitting there when he was talking and um, wondered, uh, we had a kind of a group chat going and they had mentioned, I hope, you know, the, I hope you supporting spouses are okay. Um, I know this can be hard to, to hear sometimes. Um, you guys are amazing for being here. And I looked over at Ryan and I was like, oh my heck, I didn't even think about that. Like, I didn't even think that this was hard to hear. Right. But then I did when I started thinking about it. I thought even three years ago, I would have been like, I can see why people throw around the anti-Mormon word. Looking into some of the talks that were given, some of the things that were said, I can see why people would say that. 
Not now. Not now, because I don't believe the same way. Sure. But I can see it. So I can um, but, d- sympathize I mean, would you really say anti-Mormon, though? Totally. When With, like, what? I mean, I'm, I'm curious, and I'm sure there's When the probably... Joseph Smith stuff was brought up in Wayne's talk, think about that right there. Okay. Because he, he said Joseph Smith was not, it is not true. It is not true. Sure, sure. You know, and um, th- that the Book of Mormon, therefore, is not real, right? Mm-hmm. It's just not real. Right. It's not true. It's basically compiled of great stories that we take lessons from now. Right. Right? Is kind of what he was Yeah, saying. I guess some of the some and of the terminology and, and maybe some of the... Even to you, eight years ago, we both would have been like... Yeesh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this he, is really anti-Mormon. Like the nineteenth century charlatan, and yeah, there there were some things I think that that yeah, I think some people could be right. very very. My point with that by. though is that we can sympathize. <clears throat> I I all of a sudden was like, wow, that that was me three years ago. Mm-hmm. That could have been. That's probably really painful. And then I was thinking, maybe I'm more progressive than I thought I was. <laughs> maybe I'm even more nuanced than I thought because I really, there was nothing said for me that I felt like I needed to get out of there, which I'm yeah. grateful for. Um, and I'm also sad that it was hard for some to hear, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But we do have to remember that this is for, they want it to be for everyone. You know what I mean? But, but I think they did. I think it's obviously going to attract X and post sure, but but one for the supporting community. One of the things that I thought was really valuable, though, and very, I mean, I mean, good for the people that were there because, um, you know, there was a lot of laughing and and some you know sarcasm and things like that that were thrown around. But when when John Dolin got got up and and talked, he's like, hey, before we, you know, continue on, he's like, I just want to like make sure that those people that are here that we recognize the value that they bring to this the conference Mormons. as well. Yeah. The Mormons. Yeah. The all believing mm-hmm. the, the progressives, wherever you are on the scale of being Mormon still in yeah. the church, you are valued and important. Yeah. And he said, and, and to respect and recognize the, the important aspects that the church, you know, gave to, that gave to many have. of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that we all have, that we all grew up with, that we value, that we hold right. dear, the lessons we've learned, yeah. the things that, do stick with us mm-hmm. and to take those and move forward and to respect everyone where they are. Right. And th- you're right. That was, I was so impressed. He was very, and I, I mean, it, throughout it, he was mm-hmm. very, very quick to recognize those people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and the one thing that was amazing actually. So at one point, um, he had all the, these different groups stand up like, okay, if you are, he started the meeting you know, if you were, way. if you were born in the church, stand up, you know, so most, most, most people room. stand up, stood up and then, and then everybody sat down and then he's like, okay, now, you know, how many of you are still in the church, you know, and people, some people stood up and then how many of you were out in the church, LGBTQ, LGBTQ appearance. allies. And then, you know, at one, when he said, you know, how many of you are part of the LGBT community, um, the applause was just thunderous like people were like cheering and then what was interesting to me is he said now this next group the applause better be just as loud for those people that are still in church still in the church and still active you know and it was so so that's Mm -hmm. the thing is he really really i mean 
the, the whole conference, they really tried to keep it, you know, to where people felt comfortable. Um, you know, but I mean, it the is stories were hard that were shared some of them and it was heartbreaking to listen to. And it, yeah. they weren't all ex Mormons. One was a Je- Jehovah's witness right. and an ex Jehovah's witness. And yeah, man, her story was heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. It was it, really, yeah, it really was tough. all over just a good reminder that it's not just people leaving the Mormon church. Sure. There's all sorts of religions and people are hurting in all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yes, the, the talks were really great. There was, what was your, what was your favorite? What was your favorite one? I know which one was my favorite. Well, I I guess I had two favorites. Lisa, was it Lisa? No, her name's not Lisa, the blonde. Yeah. My bosom still burns. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. She, oh, she was fantastic. That one was probably really hard. Yeah. For a lot of, um, active members or, you know, supporting spouses that were there. I could totally see that that one would have been hard for me. I guess I'm more of a sarcastic person, you know, a little bit more open-minded. I thought she was awesome, hilarious. And you have to find humor in pain. You, well, the thing is, is I'm going to, I'm just going to say it. I think that, and I, and I have been there. I will put myself in this box that at times in my life, I took myself too damn seriously. I did. Oh, yeah. And I think that people need to be able to laugh about things and, and oh, be able to laughed. joke. You she know? was hilarious. Yeah. But... And she cried. There were some moments where she cried yeah. about her kids, you know, and they're all adults now. Yeah. But... She, but her, her talk really, I, I think what was cool is she, she used, story she used the analogy of, of fires, right? And that we all have this fire and it's this spiritual fire. And, you know, so to growing it up, burning, it's like, we have to add logs. You know, sharpen your sword before you leave or something like that. It's like, so for her, she used the analogy of, of keeping your fire burning by putting logs on, putting wood on the fire. And she's like, some people's fires are bright. Some people's fires are not so much. And but while she was in the church, she was constantly exhausted. Constantly exhausted. Everyone's fires yeah. going. And then talking about her, how her husband, it's like she looks over and her husband's fire is this smoldering <laughs> pile of ash. And she's like, what are you doing? You know, and so very sarcastically, but but also very like, you know, literally is like I started feeling like I had to f- keep his fire burning, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and it, what was amazing, though, is that she realized she's like, when I realized it wasn't my job and then I looked outside of the fire and saw that there was this huge world. She's like, I had worried so much about keeping this fire burning that I was missing life, you know? Well, and her whole point was it was called my bosom still burns, right? Yeah. Because she said, I still like basically, she still had a fire yeah. without the church. She she's like, have she's to... like the fire. It's it's going to be cold and and awful and dark outside of this fire, and so I have to stay right near the fire. And it's like, and then realizing, wait, I, the, I'm, I'm okay. My I'm okay. okay, and it, the world isn't as dark and cold as everybody made it out to be. Right. But you know, I mean, it was all a lot said of humor. very tongue in cheek, but it was just so. So good. But I think you have to, don't you? Ryan, you've got to make 
You have to. The, some this is not a, an easy journey, and it's no, it's so far from easy. It's extremely hard and yeah. deep and raw, and so you have to keep it light. Yeah. And wow, did she do a good job? She did fantastic. She um, was my favorite. The other one that I really, really, really liked was Hans Matson. I think. Oh. He was he just so was so cute. Great. He reminds me a lot of Uchtdorf. <laughs> like how they how they look. Can I say that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that around the room. It wasn't just me. Well, he was he was an Area Seventy, I guess. He was. Um, what did he write? What did he? Oh, I feel really bad Gospel for not knowing this. Oh, he's he was instru- Well, him he, and his he, wife he instrumental were in instrumental getting that... in getting the Gospel Topics essays. You know, published or published whatever, right? on, put together. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, on the, on the church website. That. Yeah, I know it had to do with well, the gospel so topics. There were awards that were given um, to you know various people that have been instrumental in bringing to to light some things and also um, helping provide support and you know health for for those that are struggling with in these faith crises. And I felt in I felt so incredibly fortunate to know many of the people that were up there. Um, not many to know some of the people that were up there personally. I've gotten a chance to get to know some of these people and they truly are absolutely the cream of the crop. Just so kind and wonderful and generous. Mm-hmm. And it, Oh yeah. It just was amazing. It was an amazing it day. It was so good. And that night then we went to dinner and, you know, went with, with another friend, one of the yeah. tight ropers that we had met and it was just fun and then we got back to the place at like 8 30 and the they were karaoke, doing karaoke dance after party and it was just oh my gosh a blast. i felt like i was 18 again <laughs> i you I, looked like you were like right 18 again she's up However, on the stage dancing around <laughs> i was i didn't feel 18 the next morning <laughs> i was like i'm yeah. gonna feel that i'm gonna feel that but that was so fun oh so it was much so fun, fun. But back to the talks about what was like our favorites. No, we're already past that part. No, we're not. Mm-mm. Hey, hold your horses. We, <clears throat> Julian. What was her Julian last name? Julian Viegas. Canada. Wasn't she from Canada? Yes. She was so cute. I liked how she went into some of, let's see, she talked about where she was spiritually and she talked about the fact that she just wanted to create a world that she and her kids would want to and can live in. You know? Okay. That's kind of where... That's, that's what I got out of that. I'm not sure that that... Spiritually, that's where she wants um, to be. And how to create a community, um, especially as a post-Mormon, because you kind of lose that community. And she talked about um, pushing yourself, making sure you're still getting out there and seeking, seeking out relationships and community, finding those new, those new pieces. Those new support systems. Mm -hmm. And let's see. She talked about um, a more, having a moral ground for your children as parents, teaching them to ask questions, um, teaching them to learn to think for themselves because that's super important. Um, and to be kind, obviously that's a big one. And she talked about how, how to deal with, um, ABMs, (laughs) 
have to deal with all believing Mormons. And she said, she's just realized that you have to just be honest. You just have to talk, you know? Right. And she put it funny. She said, I just ask him now if I can be, um, can I be your favorite apostate? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I say that very, she said that. And I thought it was really funny, but I don't, I don't take that like offensively in any way. Right. You know, I do not. Yeah. Because it was, I know there's people that have been excommunicated. Even that cute woman at the very beginning that stood up, her and her husband, she announced, she's like, we were excommunicated for apostasy. That's right. And I, and I can only imagine that it maybe wasn't, that it was probably just standing up for what their new beliefs were and sharing that. Yeah. And that was what it was taken as. Um, which is hard, but it made me laugh to be like, can I just be your new favorite apostate? Like, let's yeah. be friends. Um, so she jokingly says that now and to create your boundaries that if you're in a group and Ryan and I have talked about this actually, that if you're in a group, especially family, close friends and religion comes up, spirituality, God, whatever that are touchy, triggering things, then you've, you should have set your boundaries before then to just politely get up and leave the room you don't even have to say why mm -hmm. you can say why if you want she did say um to be honest and just tell them what you think obviously we need to be respectful that was the last point there but to just tell people you know what this is a hard topic i i'm just gonna go in the other room for a little bit for a minute you know i'm just gonna step out for a minute yeah or just go get a drink and right. not engage in it and some people are not gonna be okay with that um they're gonna have issues with that but is and that your problem? No, you're absolutely right. Yeah. It's not. It's just part of your boundary. Mm -hmm. We don't have to worry about their boundaries. Yep. It's ours. And to make sure that we are honoring that. Yeah. But she did end with be respectful. And that goes both ways. Mm -hmm. We want people to respect where we are, where you are, right? And we need to respect, just like John Dolan just pounded into everybody, we have to respect people where they are. Believing, right. non-believing, it's all valuable. Right. Because those colors make up all the rainbow. Right. Right. It's all, it's all important. Yeah. Um, the, one of the things that I really liked that, um, you know, I think in terms of that stayed with me was the quote from Brene Brown about wilderness. So good. This? So good. Who, was it Stephanie? I think it might have been Stephanie, Stephanie Larson? Larson, the founder of um, In Circle. In Circle. Yeah. Um, I'm going to share that because it heart. was... Before oh, yeah. you share that, she shared how hard it was. You know, really, really... I didn't think I was going to get emotional. But just shared some of her thoughts about how hard it was. Like, her whole life. And yeah. then it was... I think she said it was a couple of years, didn't she, that she, it took to finally step completely away. Mm -hmm. But so they shared some of their heartbreak too, not just like the newfound freedom. I'm having quotations no. that everyone thinks comes with losing, leaving the church and losing that. But um, anyway, she shared so many things that were so powerful. Yeah. And this, this one is so awesome. Yeah. So this one really kind of just struck home for me because it's, she quoted her a it's lot. It's been where, yeah, she said, I'm, I'm a huge fanatic of her, you know, uh -huh. which a lot of people are, and I am as well. Um, but 
you know, it, it, it really resonated very strongly with me because this is a lot as to where I felt like where I am. And it's been, you know, I mean, like we've touched on many times, it's been very difficult. Um, but it kind of gave me a newfound kind of respect and almost excitement for that. So anyways, with, yeah, I'll just go ahead and read it. It says, Belonging so fully to yourself that you're willing to stand alone in, in a wilderness, an untamed, unpredictable place of solitude and searching. It is a place as dangerous it is as, as it is breathtaking, a place as sought after as it is feared. The wilderness can often feel unholy because we can't control it, or what people think about our choice of whether to venture into that vastness or not. But it turns out to be the place of true belonging, and it's the bravest and most sacred place you will ever stand. So and good. it was like, wow. I was like, oh my gosh, I have to, I have to grab that. Um, so and I good. actually posted that, I think, on Facebook. But um, the other last aspect that I will share um, was just this whole journey, this whole leaving the churches is very, very, very difficult. And at oftentimes, you know, you find yourself very lonely. You find yourself wondering if you're on the right end of the stick, wondering, you know, if you're getting duped, you know, or falling away or, you know, entering into this darkness. And it, and it often, uh, most days is very heavy. Um, some days are better than others, but the, the heaviness I'm talking about is not like this. I don't know, like just, just wondering like, oh my gosh, my entire world is completely up, turned upside down. But I remember the thing that really stuck with me was going into that after party and seeing a, a huge amount of people that were still there that were not 1700 people, not 1700 people. No, I'd say when we left probably a hundred. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was later, so, you know, people had gone home and stuff, but just being able to see these people dancing and laughing and playing and just enjoying themselves, um, thriving, if you will. Yeah. It, it was, it was just amazing. It was amazing to see that. It was amazing to see that there is, there is happiness that is out there, you know, and is outside of the church. And I have, and I have felt that, um, many times like a true distinct happiness, um, that I haven't felt before. And it's been, it's been powerful. It's been, unnerving actually Mm -hmm. feeling that happiness and going, I shouldn't, I've always been told I shouldn't be feeling this, (laughs) you know, this should just be leading to sadness and it's doing exactly the opposite. Um, so yeah, when I refer to the heaviness, I'm not referring to sadness. I'm just referring to the weight of 40 years, you know, an entire lifetime of um, being told one thing and then finding out within not very long that things aren't quite as what they were 
explained or taught. So that heaviness is one that you just kind of have to process. Yeah. And, and the heaviness also comes to with things that are said, continually said, that just weigh, weigh on you. Because especially being as involved as we are with um, the LGBT community, the amount of pain that people feel as a result of some of this, I think is where the heaviness really kind of sets in. Um, not wanting people to feel that. Yeah. Well, I read a quote today, and I, I mean, I won't, I won't share it, but it just, I don't know, my chest hurt. My chest hurt all afternoon. Hmm. And, yeah, so I'm, I'm just in the process of trying to get rid of that anger and just not, not care anymore. I don't want to care anymore. Be in a place where like I you don't care when you see something but you also can care for your family that still is in the church that has cool things coming up. Right. Right? I mean is that I feel like that's probably your ultimate goal am I Yeah. You know. Yeah. Not that you and have I, to celebrate like you once did. No, no, no. But well, that you can just love them sure. and respect them and even yeah. Cool. Cool. That's good for you. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, I mean, that's the thing is ultimately I, I do, I do desire to, um, not feel, not feel that frustration, not feel that anger. Um, yeah, but I, I do, I, I also am being willing to give myself the time that I need, you know, in processing it all. And yeah. it's what I've been told. By so many people that are going through this that you've just got to allow the time, be patient with yourself, um, you know, and, and it will, and it will come. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. yeah. There's Anyways. another awesome Brene Brown quote that I wanted to share. And it was Stephanie that yeah. shared several of these. Yeah. Um, It says, to be authentic, we must cultivate the courage to become imperfect and vulnerable. We have to believe that we are fundamentally worthy of love and acceptance. Just as we are. I've learned there is no better way to invite more grace, gratitude, and joy into our lives than by mindfully practicing authenticity. And those words, to become imperfect and vulnerable and authentic. I mean, how much, how much more obvious how much more i'm i'm uh, <laughs> how much clearer is that a word yeah can it be put for us to live a joyful fulfilled life because we're imperfect we're vulnerable and we're trying to be authentic yeah wherever we are Wherever we are, um, overall, 
I think that's kind of where we can wrap this up is what did you obviously we'll go again. Oh gosh, I can't wait. The the one in June, they talked about it being almost like a weekend retreat. Mm, that was a different thing. Okay. That was a different thing. But yeah, I oh, I want to do one of those retreats too. That would be so much fun. So what did you, maybe I'll go first. <clears throat> Excuse me. What did you get out of it? I'm going to kind of share. And I actually just, I posted this in a group. Um, kind of why I went and what I got out of it. Yeah. And I'm just going to read that. Um, maybe paraphrase some of it, but I ultimately I decided to go because I wanted to, um, support Ryan. Um, I wanted to be there for him and be intentional in, in my support. Right. How do I, how do I support? It meant the world, by the way. Shucks. (laughs) It was really fun. And I mean, really. Hello bonus. We got to be alone all day. (laughs) (laughs) Even if, even if our kids were home and one of them was throwing up, not a big deal. (laughs) Our 16 year old had to clean it up. So that's cool. Good training. (laughs) And they did it. They all were alive when we got home, but I wanted to hear what, um, what was said. So I know how to support, how to move forward with you, how to be, how to meet you where you are. I love that I'm grasping that. It opens up a whole new world to not to try not to care so much. <laughs> I totally wanted to sing, but I don't know what it'll sound like right now, so I'm not even good. Um, I walked away realizing how much a part of the um, PMs I felt. In other words, the the post Mormon world. Um. I am still going to church. I do still find value going for me. Some of the reason I go is because I do try to be that voice and I want to hear what's being taught. And like I said, I still do find value in that. Um, Like I said, I felt three years ago that I probably would have been like, oh my gosh, why are we here? This (laughs) is so freaking weird. You know, like some some of the things that we heard, I would probably would have been like, um... What? Um, I loved the humor and the sarcasm. And I write, that's the rebel in me. Because <laughs> I kind of am sarcastic and sure. rebellious and um, light. Um, I loved seeing. It was. I just don't know how to convey. The lack of support. That we have had so to walk into that room and see that many people that need it and I'm married to one you needed that It was overwhelming to see so many people there that have been deeply wounded and they needed a community of love and support. And I felt that and I still go. I really, really felt it. The love in the room was, was 
was tangible. Palpable. Palpable. Yeah. <laughs> um, it felt tangible <laughs> to me. I mean, it really, truly just, it was thick. And it was, it was, it was just so awesome to see. So I'm really grateful that this exists. Yeah. I really am. Um, because everybody needs their community and their tribe. And this is one of those that you need. And I think I needed it too. Um, I loved the quotes that were shared through the day, having lunches with friends, <laughs> um, being able to talk, you know, one-on-one -on -one more with some and, um, I left feeling, um, happy. I went, um, but I won't lie. I did find, um, myself having some confusion with where I am on my believing side. Um, even more now. Not to say that I was persuaded because I don't feel like that at all. At all. I just found That's myself very comfortable with, with your people. <laughs> with my people. <laughs> Which they're mine too. You know, yeah. I just, so I, um, I end with saying it's unnerving, but I feel steady in how we're navigating this. So, yeah, that's, kind of where that's kind of where I'm at that's kind of how I felt about the day to wrap it up um I'm grateful I went and I love you and I'm grateful that we got to spend that time together yeah I'm really grateful yeah. that you came too it's kind of a last minute thing yeah my nose is running <laughs> <laughs> totally. I wasn't uh yeah she kind of we decided she was gonna come kind of like at the last minute and well, I kept trying I, to push it off because of kids yeah I couldn't have I couldn't have chosen to go with somebody more that would have been awesome. Yep. Yep. So. Yep. That's right. <laughs> anyway, no, what? Oh, I'm not following that up. I'm good. I've said, I've said what I need. No, to really. Say. What's your takeaway? Mm -hmm. How are you feeling? Um, I'm, it just, I mean, it gave me, it gave me a lot of joy. It gave me a lot of hope. It gave me a lot of excitement. It gave me a lot of knowing that there's, 1,699 other people that yes. are in the same situation and that, um, and, and I have never, you're not alone. Well, like, that's the thing is like today with that quote that I read, I was so frustrated that I immediately reached out to, you know, a, a group that I, a support group that I'm in. And I'm just like, guys, please help me. Like this is too much. And just getting responses, getting responses from people that just your community. Has yeah. Back. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's amazing to me. So if you are out there and you are dealing with this, please reach out because I promise side. you, you are not alone. Yep. I talked with a very close person in my life. I won't out them, but, uh, I talked with a very close person and, um, you know, she just recently found out that I was out and I just recently found out that she was out and she told me, she's like, for years I have felt like I have been alone. And she was ecstatic knowing that she wasn't. I think even more that it was family. Yeah. Not, yeah. not her. I didn't, I'm not saying she's family. I'm saying that's how it felt, you know, that. Right. Yeah. So if you are out there and you are struggling, um, please know that you can reach out to us in a private message. We will not 
out you. We will not um, share anything you don't want us to share. And we, we actually just probably won't share anything unless you specifically ask. Just the two of us will talk. Yeah, but we we want to be there. We want to be there for people. That's why we're doing this. Um, that's why we are, are sitting here babbling on about things. Being vulnerable and, and being imperfect. Vulnerable. Yeah, but <laughs> please reach out. Um, please reach out by email to findjoyinourjourney at gmail.com or reach out on Facebook. Um, send us a private message. Just let us know where you're at because we're, we're there. If you need the support, we are there and we can get you in touch with a lot of different sources. Tons. Mm -hmm. And not just for church, not just church sources. No, no. But I'm saying like, like group support group. Um, Yeah. I'm meaning like LGBT stuff, you know, if mm -hmm. you have family or friends that are struggling with that too, um, just know that you are not alone. Believe me, you're not. You're not alone, guys. There's a lot of us. So, okay. Well, we've run a little long, but that's okay. That's Hopefully, right. you guys are still with us. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Thrive was awesome. Can't wait for the next one. So, and yeah. we will catch you guys on the next, the next time. Thanks for listening. See ya. I was made for loving you. Even though we may be hopeless, hearts just passing through. Every bone screaming